everyone. My name is Carolyn and I'm a children's librarian at Carpety Coast District Libraries. It's time to enjoy some stories, poems and songs. So make yourself comfortable and tune your tardingers in. Our first story today is called Alaska. Have you heard of a place called Alaska? It's a state in the United States of America, a long way from New Zealand. Helen, the girl in the story, is thinking about what it would be like to move there. Last night was Christmas Eve. I sat next to Maggie in church, but I didn't listen to the sermon. I didn't make silly faces and nudge Mags and giggle silently. I spent the whole two hours praying. I don't want to move to Alaska. Please, God, stop us from moving to Alaska. Mags mouthed, Helen, are you okay? Several times, but I didn't answer. I couldn't bear to tell her about Alaska. After church, we swapped presents. Mags had given me a super cool pen with a plastic head stuck on one end and long woolly hair. Just looking at it made me want to cry. She was about to rip mine open when I stopped her. Open it tomorrow, I said. I'd written her a poem about how great it was being her best friend. She can put it on her wall to remember me by after I've moved. She won't be able to visit me in Alaska. I looked it up on the internet and it's 11,000 kilometres away. It snows all the time. We only moved to Papamoa last year. Before that, we lived in Broome, Australia. I was the only Kiwi in my school, and boy, did I get hassled. Every time I said our teacher's name, it was Mr Biggs, but it sounded like Mr Biggs when they said it, the kids in my class would crack up laughing. Before Australia, we lived in Nelson. Before Nelson, it was Palmerston North, and before that... There have been so many places I can hardly remember. But Papamoa is the best place in the world. Megs just shrugs when I say that, but she's lived here all her life. She doesn't get how amazing it is to be able to run down to the beach any time, to drip freezing cold ice block juice from our tongues onto our sunburnt feet to spend all day hurtling towards shore on our boogie boards, so fast even our screams are left behind. Mags and I will promise to be BFFs. Both of us will really mean it. But in a few months, her emails will be about boogie boarding with someone else. It happened with Sarah and Broom and Emily and Nelson. Their emails have slowly got crammed full of names of people I don't know. Do you know what you're getting in the morning? Mags asked. Oh yes, I knew, but I shook my head. I didn't like it. Talk to you tomorrow, I said. Call me after you've opened your presents, okay, Helen? Okay. The word sounded like a death sentence. For weeks I've known there was something going on. Whispered conversations stopped when I walked in. 
Then I heard Dad mutter the word Alaska to someone on the phone. A couple of days ago, Mum and Dad were whispering and giggling in the living room. I crept up behind the door. I heard my name, then Alaska, then something about Christmas Day. I couldn't believe it when I realised they were going to break the news on Christmas. Like the move is a great surprise, like it's some sort of present. Now it's Christmas morning and today I'll have to tell Mags I'm leaving. Christmas is a ritual in our house. There are rules and the first one is no getting out of bed before 7am. Usually I watch the clock and bounce up right on the dot. But I was awake half the night staring at the ceiling. Mum pops her head around the door. It's 7.30, Helen. Are you feeling all right? Yes, I sigh. I'm coming downstairs now. Mum and Dad have started to get breakfast ready. Christmas carols are blaring from the stereo. Dad's at the stove flipping pancakes with his Santa hat on. And Mum's setting out coffee and orange juice. Crackers first, says Dad like he always does. I pull one with Dad, then one with Mum. After putting on one of the paper hats, I read out my jokes. I've never felt less like laughing. Usually, I'm so excited I scoff down my pancakes in about three bites. Today, I just push them around my plate until they go soggy in the maple syrup. Almost present time, Helen. Dad grins at me like he can't wait. I sip my orange juice as the hands of the clock creep towards 8am. At exactly eight, Mum claps her hands with excitement. Ready for the countdown? I guess so. We move to the tree. There are only three presents underneath it. We all sit on the floor and Mum and Dad pick up the presents I have left for them. I take the one with my name on it. It feels like a book. Of course, they've given me a book about Alaska. And when I open it, they're going to break the news. Three, Mum and Dad start the countdown. Two, one. Instead of ripping my present open, I put the book back on the floor in front of me. You go first, I say. Are you okay, Helen? I force a smile onto my face but tears are prickling my eyes. I'm fine. I try to make my voice sound happy. I just want to see you open yours first. Mum tears the paper off hers and raves over the painting I did for her. Dad says he loves the pen holder I made for his desk and wraps me in a big hug. Now you open yours, Helen. I pick the book back up like it's made of lead. The doorbell rings. Perfect timing, says Dad, looking at his watch. He gets up and goes to answer it. Quick, says Mum, open your present, Helen. There's no point in stalling any more. I tear the paper off the book. But 
the title says nothing about Alaska. It's called How to Look After Your Dog. Dad comes in carrying a fluffy white bundle. He pushes it into my arms, all excited eyes and wagging tail. Her name's Alaska, he says. Now Dad's got the manager's job and we don't have to move again. We thought you should have a puppy, says Mum. Alaska is whiter than snow, but as warm as the papamoa sun. Her nose is as black and wet as a sea-tossed pebble. And as hard as she tries, she can't lick the smile off my face. Next up is a song about a creature in a lake. Is it a monster? Is it a tanifar? Now mum and dad were worried sick about our farm near Rytahy. They couldn't pay the mortgage, the bank said we should leave. So mother sent us fishing, she said she needed time. When on the lake we saw a wake and something snapped the line. There's something big and scary in our lake. It only shows for those who sit and wait. It's probably a dinosaur from 50 million years or more. I know you're going to find this hard to take, hard to take. But there's something big in Macrocarpa Lake. Dad and I both panicked and madly dashed for home. I biked into Raitahi and Dad rushed for the phone. By six o'clock the Navy had their choppers in the air. With specialists from Scotland and the Asona tracking gear. There's something big and scary in our lake. In the lake. It only shows for those who sit and wait. It's probably a dinosaur from 50 million years or more. I know you're going to find this hard to take. But there's something big in Macrocarpa Lake. TV news sent camera crews, my father was a star. My mother baked expensive cakes and sold them from the car. Granddad charged the townies 15 bucks to park. As 20,000 tourists stood with flashlights in the dark. There's something big and scary in our lake. It only shows for those who sit and wait. It's probably a dinosaur from 50 million years or more. I know you're going to find this hard to take. But there's something big in Macrocarpa Lake. Monday morning, filthy rich, we rolled up to the bank. I said, Mum, it was so lucky, this beast we've got to thank. My mother answered carefully, that was no stroke of luck. If you can keep a secret, look in Granddad Owen's truck. Oh no! There's something big and scary in our lake. It only shows for those who sit and wait. 
It's probably a rather chewsome polythene and superglue. I knew that you would find this hard to take. But there's something big in macrocarpalate. for some poems now. Do you like cats? The cats in these poems are called Fatty Face, Jake and Jaws. Let's find out what these very different cats get up to. Robber Cat. Sly old robber, Fatty Face, has magnets on her paws for opening kitchen cupboards and refrigerator doors. She robs a house, then vanishes. All the owner sees are paw prints in the butter and tooth marks in the cheese. Long tail cat. Jake had a long, long tail, like the handle of a broom. Jake slept beside the fire, his tail across the room. A kitten saw the tail and thought it was a snake. She pounced on it and bit it and found the snake was Jake. Mean cat. Some cats are fat as cushions. My cat is long and lean. Some cats have smiling faces. My cat's face is mean. Some cats have names like Tiddles, Fluff or Butterpaws, Ginger Snow or Sweetie. My cat's name is Jaws. Some cats eat chunky cat food. Some think that milk is nice. My cat eats dead blowflies and chews the heads off mice. Some cats play games with paper and roll across the floor. When my cat wants some fun, it bites the dog next door. Jaws really lives up to his name, doesn't he? He certainly wouldn't be my pick for a pet. Our second story is written by Joy Cowley, who is one of my favourite New Zealand authors. The story is called Faster, Faster. It's a fun story about a pirate who changes his job and is now a bus driver. Billy Caster had been a pirate, but now he had a job driving a bus. He still wore his pirate's clothes. He had a green jacket and gold earrings and a black hat with a yellow feather in it. The feather was for good luck. Every morning, Billy Caster put on his hat and sang, Day and night, day and night, my feather keeps bad luck away. As he got on his bus, he sang, Never, never, no, not ever, will I drive without my feather. But one day, a strong wind tugged Billy Caster's feather out of his hat, and it flew away like a yellow arrow. Gone! cried Billy Caster. Gone! cried all the passengers. Billy Caster sat on the step of his bus and moaned deep moans. Time to go, said the passengers. No, no, I cannot go, Billy Caster replied. Without my lucky feather, I will have a dreadful accident. But we'll be late, 
said the passengers. Better to be late than dead on time, said Billy Caster. One of the men said, Listen, Mr Caster, perhaps I can help. In my pet shop there's a yellow parrot. I can't let you pull out a feather, but I can sell you the whole bird. <laughs> a whole yellow parrot, laughed Billy Caster. Just think, all that luck sitting on my hat. There is one problem, said the man. To get to the parrot, you must drive your bus to my pet shop. Billy Caster stopped laughing. As he climbed into his seat, he shook from toes to teeth. How could he drive without a good luck feather? Accident! He groaned as he started the engine. Accident! He moaned all the way down the road. But he didn't have an accident. He drove very well. He stopped the bus by the pet shop. The man got out and came back with a yellow parrot. Sure enough, the parrot was covered from head to tail with good luck feathers. This bird is used to traffic, said the man. It once belonged to a racing driver. Here you are. Good luck. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, said Billy Caster, giving him a gold coin. The parrot hopped on the bus and looked around with a wicked eye. OK, OK, it said, let's get this show on the road. Billy Caster drove his bus into the morning traffic. He was no longer afraid. The parrot had thousands of feathers and they would all bring good luck. The bird hopped up and down on his hat. Get moving, it screeched. We are moving, said Billy Caster. You could have fooled me, said the parrot. Come on, put your foot down. The bus went faster, but not fast enough. The parrot had belonged to a racing driver it hungered for speed. It thirsted for speed. Give it the gas, the parrot cried. Billy Caster went as fast as he could. Shops rushed past. The bus rocked from side to side and cars honked an alarm. Slow down, yelled the passengers. You'll have an accident. Don't worry, called Billy Caster. With all these good luck feathers, he knew he was safe. The parrot hopped onto his jacket. Faster! it screamed in his ear. It swung on his gold earring. Faster, faster, Billy Caster! The bus rocked over the hill and down the other side. It went so fast that the wheels left the road. Stop! yelled the passengers. Billy Caster could not stop. He had lost control of the bus. It raced down the hill and into the park. It bounced over a football field. It splashed through a duck pond. Then it stopped in the middle of a flower garden. The parrot lay on the floor in a tangle of yellow feathers. Disaster! Billy Caster! It screeched. The passengers got out. We'll walk the rest of the way, they said. The parrot followed them. Call yourself a driver, 
It screeched at Billy Caster. Look what you've done. I don't need you. I'm off to find a racing driver. Billy Caster yelled back. Call yourself a good luck parrot. I don't need you either. I don't even need one of your feathers. I can drive better on my own. He backed the bus away from the garden, promising to come back and fix up the flowers. Then he drove out of the park. His toes did not shake. His teeth did not shiver. He didn't moan or groan. A good driver doesn't need good luck, he said to himself. Along the road, he stopped for more passengers. As they got on the bus, he sang in a cheerful voice, Never, never, no, not ever will I need another feather. Then down the road he went, saying to himself, That feather was a lot of nonsense, nothing but silly superstition. But he kept his fingers crossed on the steering wheel just to make sure. Well, that was a wild ride. I say, keep away from parrots owned by race car drivers. Our final song today is called Dad, I Want to Be a Camel. I wonder what kind of animal you would like to be. Would you choose a camel? Let's listen to the song to find out what Dad thinks about that idea. <laughs> to the end of our program today. 
I hope you enjoyed today's selection. And remember, you can find many more stories, poems and songs at your local library. You can also visit Kapiti Library's website to find out about all our fun events and activities for children. I hope to see you at the library. This program is made with assistance from New Zealand On Air for radio broadcast and through the accessmedia.nz website. Thank you, New Zealand On Air.